Welcome to the PaxX Podcast, available on iTunes. This is episode 19 of the show where we talk about everything to do with the passenger experience. I'm Mary Kirby, and I'm joined by my co-host, Max Flight. Max, how are you doing? Hi, Mary. Doing well. It's, this is kind of a busy time of the year, I think, uh, for <laughs> everybody, but uh, are ready to go with another great episode. Uh, this is our last episode of the year. If you can believe it, uh, Runway Girl Network is now one year old. And uh, we're celebrating with, I hope, uh, a, a great final episode. Max, it's been really, really fun. I'm looking forward to doing this again next year, of course. Absolutely. Um, before we get started, we'd like to thank Arconix for sponsoring this week's podcast. Arconix is a software company that provides enterprise data management platforms and mobile app solutions for managing aircraft and flight-related data for the aviation industry. From electronic flight bags, cabin crew apps, and real-time flight data management to wireless in-flight entertainment, the Arconix platform delivers the right information to the right person in the right place, be they flight or cabin crew, passengers or airline executives. Every day, thousands of flights around the world depend on Arconix solutions to maintain their schedules, systems, and critical operational data in the safest and most efficient manner possible. So thanks so much, Arconix. Now, it is my great pleasure to introduce our guest today, David Parker Brown. He probably needs no introduction, but he is the founder and editor of the hugely popular Airline Reporter News and Reviews website, and he's renowned among the Aviation Geek community for launching the Aviation Geek Fest with Future of Flight, Museum of Flight, and Boeing. The event draws hundreds of av geeks to Seattle each year. We're going to talk about it here later in the program. David, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. It's a, I'm always enjoy to, to, to interact with you guys and, and reconnect, and I don't ever mind talking about airplanes. Oh, no. <laughs> David, it's great to be talking to you again. I think it's been uh, a few months since we've talked to you on Airplane Geeks, so it's great to have a chance to chat today. Always. Always good to catch up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a look at some of the top PaxX news stories that are making headlines First, Cutter Airways recently took delivery of its first Airbus A380. David got a chance to review the passenger experience on a Doha-Bangkok flight. What can passengers expect on board this aircraft, David? It's quite impressive. I, I you know, I've, I've been in a couple A380s and I, I've been, in, you know, checked out quite a few different uh, business class products. And I have to say that, you know, walking through the cabin and, you know, checking out the first class, the business class and economy section, um, they, they have an impressive overall product going on here. And, and definitely the upper deck lounge is, is, is something that you, you don't want to miss. Ooh, it sounds wonderful. And I saw some of the pictures on Facebook. Um, you guys were having some fun in that bar. How, t- tell me a little bit about it, first of all. Is that kind of a full, full-fledged full bar there up there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good size. And it's really unique how the uh, Qatar has their A380 configured. The upper deck actually has a little bit of an economy class and behind the, the lounge. Um, and so I think it's kind of a cool experience that, you know, you could, you could still pay economy and still be flying in the upper deck of the A380. Um, but, but the lounge itself is open to, to just business and first class passengers and it, it's quite large. And, um, on this flight, I think maybe because it was the inaugural or it was a little bit later at night, there, there weren't any other people that really wanted to, um, uh, hang out in it. So we had a group of our seven media and marketing people that were on this, uh, travel trip down to, to Thailand and uh, we put on our Qatar PJs. We had uh, all the aviator sunglasses on, so we put those on and we hung out and drunk some Krug champagne and 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 uh, had had a great time. Ooh, it sounds nice, Max. Is this something that you would like to do in flight? Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> you know, I was breezing through the uh, Qatar Airways website, and 
one thing when it uh, when you look at its A380 pages, there seems to be kind of a theme running through it, sort of this tagline about uh, it's all in the detail. Uh, they say, from the warm welcome when you arrive to the state-of-the-art entertainment system to the delicious gourmet dining in the sky to the exquisite comfort in your cabin, we believe the secret to unforgettable flying is simple. It's all in the detail. Is is that something that uh, that you found to be true, David? Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, I think that even the, the 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 seat. I think one of the things that I just I felt like a, a little kid when I realized this. But the um, the armrest that uh, on the business class seat that's towards the aisle, there's actually buttons that you can electronically raise and lower it. And I was just like, I was giddy, uh, you know, just just putting it up and down and, and realizing that that's just you know a small thing that people may not realize, and it gives you that extra extra space to if, if you're if you're in the the, the lounge area or sleeping you know, if you're in the sleep mode for for your for the seat. Um, and you know, just flowers. There are a lot of flowers all around. Uh, there were there were uh, photos that were in uh, the, the back and front of you in the economy cabin of their different destinations that they that they go to. So um, you know, I, I think these little things just you know people may not notice them at first glance, but they're just they're they're little things that really that really add up. Increasingly, that is is the case. It seems that the little things, the small touches, are, are making a difference. I know, I observe, for example, um, you know, under the PaxX hashtag now, that's really kind of uh, active on Twitter. We have the likes of BWI posting uh, pictures of the flowers that they put in the restroom, for example, and this gets a really great response on social media. Um, these little small touches. So I think that that I guess increasingly is particularly. In economy class where you have on board the aircraft airlines really squeezing a lot of people in the back of the aircraft maybe it's the little the little touches that are going to make all the difference did you get a chance to try the economy class seat at all uh david or were you firmly in premium <laughs> well it, it, I, I hate to admit that it is it is hard to go back to the economy when you're in it <laughs> once you go business you can't go back <laughs> I, you know, I was able to, to tour the economy cabin and, and get photographs and take a look at it. I was actually, um, when boarding, I was actually a little bit of a rush to get to get my photos. So I wasn't able to spend a heck of a lot of time down there. But, you know, um, they the, 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 the A380 does have um, 18 and a half inch uh, seat seat width, which is which is pretty good. I mean, nowadays in, in the economy and, you know, they have the, the full screen and each each um, economy seat also has a touch uh, remote, just like with, that you find in business and and first class. So, you know, I think there there are those things like the touch remote that you know makes it feel a little bit more like a, a premium product than 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 your standard economy class seats. Yeah, that's the Talos Avionics in-flight entertainment system and the Android-based handset uh, that they've been rolling out on 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 Cutter's aircraft, and and it does seem to be getting a, a great response. Now, of course, the A three eighty is very special, but. Very excitingly, the Airbus A350XWB, the inaugural, uh, the the launch customer is Qatar Airways, and uh, I know airline reporter uh, staff are going to be there. Runway Girl Network is going to be there as well. David, this was delayed uh, slightly. They originally were planning a nice event in Doha, then they pulled back on that. Now they're doing an event in Toulouse on December 22nd. Uh, did they talk at all about the delay or, or what the what the reason is for that? No, and I actually, I mean, it, 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 you know, I, I even questioned it was on my trip that, that they, you know, about the, the A350 is like, is the case, everything okay? Has the CEO looked at it? Is there going to be, you know, because it was, as we know, as we saw through, um, you know, the 787 and even Qatar being involved in the Cargo Lex 787, uh, 747-8 freighter, um, that, you know, it, 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 
it did not surprise me when I found out when I heard that it was going to the delivery was going to be delayed. <laughs> yeah, Al, Al Becker is very exacting, and of course, with the Airbus A three hundred and eighty, we should mention it was delayed because he um, didn't like how the flooring around the uh, galleys was laid out, and they ended up pulling out the galleys and then reinstalling them after they got them to meet his exacting requirements. Max, mm. we see these headlines regularly of Al Backer getting uh, very particular. We're talking about very a lot of money so. here, of course. What do you think? Do you, do you think it's justified? Well, and as I recall, I think uh, he delayed the uh, 787 Dreamliner delivery mm-hmm. uh, as well, so we, we see all of these. There isn't too much information on what exactly is the issue with the A350. We've seen some words from uh, Didier Evard of the uh, of the Airbus program, and he calls them uh, a couple of minor issues, things that can be corrected uh, with one or two more test flights. So it, it seems kind of minor, but I, I, yeah, I think uh, Cutter they like to project the image, and it's, maybe it's back to the details uh, point, the tagline uh, that they like it just right, just perfect. That's what they expect from their suppliers, and that's what they want to deliver to their customers. Well, thankfully, they didn't uh, apparently need galleys removed because, and this is something we've been covering on the network, there is a real constraint in the supply chain right now in terms of, and, and there's now delayed seats to American Airlines uh, for their 787. And and this is in part due to the fact that there's just not enough cabin engineers out there. This is something we kind of talked about a bit on the network, but it would be wonderful to see uh, more individuals embrace cabin engineering. Do you think that that's something... Uh, people can get behind it should be something that people would want to get behind i would think and it's it's kind of an issue across the industry with engineers there are so many new programs uh, under development uh, in the past few years and coming up that there really is kind of a shortage of engineers so uh, folks who are interested in that kind of a profession there's no no shortage of opportunities in the aviation world for for uh, that kind of uh, that kind of a profession Amen. And, and, Amen. I, and I think it's it's really becoming uh, much more sexy too. I mean, like you know, cabin interiors. I mean, a seat was a seat, right? You had your bigger first class seat and your smaller economy seat, and you know there wasn't much there. But now, you know, airlines are just competing with these amazing products, and you know they 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 keep wanting one up each other. So, you know, I, I think to be a part of that that growth and change and what what it's going to look like in the future would be a, a pretty exciting industry to be into. Yeah. Ah, uh, sure. yeah. That's 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 for sure. That's for sure. Well, let's push on to the next item. Uh, this is uh, something that's been buzzing in the industry. This is Korean Air's Nutgate saga, and this is where we. <laughs> where we this is actually serious. This is where we I see a, a Korean Air VP. Uh, she's responsible for cabin service. Heather Cho happens to be the daughter of the Korean Air chairman. Well, she went a little nuts on a uh, some of the flight crew. After she received macadamia nuts on a flight uh, or on the plane uh, in a bag instead of a dish. And she thought the dish was the proper protocol for delivering these uh, nuts. So uh, she really kind of went after the uh, the flight attendant, uh, forced the plane to return to the gate so that the flight attendant could be removed. Uh, this is it, it's kind of crazy. What what do you think is the, the fallout from this kind of craziness? 
It's been amazing, actually, uh, the, the kind of press that this has received. I think uh, unilaterally, people were kind of disgusted with this behavior. It was seen as very, very elitist. And because she is, you know, the daughter of the the big chief, um, you know, it was seen as uh, just very, very inappropriate. And then, of course, there have been these reports that suggest that she kind of went above and beyond and not just not just in getting that aircraft back to the gate, removing uh, the head steward, um, etc. But there have been reports to suggest that, uh, in fact, that she was kind of somewhat physically confrontational and even uh, insisted that he kneel and apologize. (laughs) It has been really kind of stunning. She has been uh, stripped of all her titles from from what reports are saying, including uh, secondary titles that she had elsewhere in the firm. Um, I think that makes sense. It's the right move. There's been a significant backlash, but it does go to show how serious the passenger experience is taken by some of these airlines, particularly uh, some of these Middle Eastern and Asian carriers. Was this something kind of surprising to you, David? What did you think? Yeah, I mean, this just this just seems like someone who got a little bit uh, got their had their ego not quite in check, <laughs> and and you know, I mean, yeah, when, you, when we boil down to it, I mean, we, we have nuts in a bag, we have nuts in a bowl. Um, does it matter? Yes. Is it worth what happened? Absolutely not. Right. I mean, you know, it, it, I, I think that, you know, it, it's brought a lot of embarrassment to to the airline um, and obviously to her individually. And, um, you know, I think I think that, you know, when you work in a team like that with the airline that, yeah, it's, it's important to make sure you let your employees know what what the expected duties that they need to do for their passengers, but to berate them and embarrass them and um, make them kneel and make them get off the plane. I mean, that's just, that, that that's way too far. And that's ridiculous. It was too far. Max, was this something surprising to you? Well, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Mm. In, in Korea, there's a culture where large corporations are often controlled by families, even when the family doesn't have a controlling interest in the company, uh, they still control uh, the, the behavior, the, the uh, how employees respond, and that sort of thing. And it's not unusual for uh, the, the heads of these families to install their family members in various positions throughout the corporation. And uh, Heather Cho and uh, her siblings kind of uh, <laughs> benefit from that. Now, I don't know if that necessarily uh, says something about the the qualifications of these folks to to be in a leadership role, to oversee something uh, like uh, the passenger experience. Uh, have no idea what her uh, qualifications are. But, uh, you know, you have to do the right thing in terms of uh, promoting the correct uh, perception amongst your customers. And this is clearly a case where that's, uh, th- that, that fell apart. Uh, I read today that South Korea's transport ministry has said that uh, they're going to take some action against the airline, mm-hmm. either uh, a sanction maybe of up to 21 days, flight suspensions, or maybe even a $2 million fine. So, Which is just... Wow. <laughs> it shouldn't come to that, but, you know. you, you got to imagine, too, I mean, what if you're a passenger in that plane and, and yes. like, had to be turned around and go back to the gate and you're like, what's going on? I mean, how, how are you as the captain going to explain to the passengers, oh, hey, everyone, uh, we're back to the gates. It's going to be an hour delay because uh, someone served peanuts in a bag. 
You know, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's cold comfort. However, what's interesting is I belong to, uh, you know, Benet Wilson, aviation queen Benet, her uh, I Love Sitting in Business and First Class Facebook group, which is a private group now, um, but it is, it's fascinating, actually. It's a, I learn something new every day from this group. And one thing that I've learned is that they take these things very, very seriously when it comes to nuts in a bowl, bread on a plate. My God, they talk about bread on a plate all the time. They don't want bread on a doily. They expect their bread on a plate. And this is this kind of, you know, this is the expectation in business and first class anymore. So whilst I think that this Korean air executive's behavior was wholly, hugely inappropriate, it is also, you know, should be looked at in the context of the fact that these premium customers, especially the ones that are spending, you know, several thousand dollars or more on a ticket, they actually do expect those nuts to be warm and in a bowl and, and those, you know, the, the bread to be on a plate. And, uh, David, you know, Cutter Airways, I mean, they're a five star airline in terms of the way Skytrax rates them. And, and they get these little details right, as we were talking about before. This is the stuff that they, they really excel at, right? Right. I, I did, uh, I did four legs on Qatar from, uh, DC to Doha, Doha to Bangkok and back. Um, most of the triple seven business class versus the A three eighty, just one leg in the A three eighty. But every time you had the warm nuts, I had the you know the warm uh, the the wet warm towel, and actually they gave me a choice of hot towel or cold towel, which I don't see very often. Ooh. And um, um, what and, did you choose? Uh, <laughs> I, it depended on my mood. Uh, so there were times where I wanted the nice cold towel, and there were times I wanted the hot towel. And and they had what, what I really like when the the airlines and they, they they give it a little fragrance in the towel as well, right? And and it just it just again yeah, there's those little things that, that make me feel like yeah, this is this is this is a good experience. This is something that I'm that I'm really that I'm really enjoying. And um, I really also like the fact of they you know they give you PJs and you get to keep them. You don't you know you don't have to return them, and and it's nice. You don't have to get your clothes all sweaty or messed up and and whatnot. So. Um, you know, it's, I think it's those things that yeah, that, that really make the, the experience stand out. Do you think you can go too far, though, in terms of uh, uniformity uh, of the service? Uh, I'm thinking that uh, sometimes it, it sort of lacks humanity. You know, if, if you don't allow your employees to sort of personalize things or add their own little touch, uh, sometimes it can become very robotic and, and not very appealing. Do you think that's an issue here? Uh, actually, yes. I mean, so after doing these, these, I mean, you know, I flew around the world the wrong way, right? I went to Seattle to Bangkok through Doha, um, which was still fine. I, I love flying, but but I got to uh, experience a lot of their service, and, and and I think one of the downsides I have is that they checked in with me too much. I mean, they, they kept making sure, is everything okay? Is everything okay? And like when I didn't eat during like one whole 10 hour flight, cause I just wasn't hungry. Like they just kept, are, are you sure you don't want anything? Are you sure you don't want anything? Which is, you know, them trying to provide their high end service, but it got to a point where like I started getting annoyed. Like I'm, I'm trying to watch my movie. Don't keep checking in with me if I want food. You know, if I want food, I'll, I'll ask for it, which, you know, makes me sound like, you know, I feel spoiled saying that, but, but I think there is a point where, yeah, they were asking cause that's what they're supposed to do. But yet it realistically, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. David, I uh, a few years ago got a chance to experience the Emirates A380, which also has a bar. Um, and uh, at one point during the flight, the flight attendant came over to me and said, uh, you've spent so much time in your seat. Would you like to join us back in the bar? <laughs> yeah. I said, Oh, well, alrighty then, you know, and it was, I actually, I, it was such a welcome experience to kind of break up the flight, but to be invited back because I, I guess you could kind of feel, you know, maybe, 
uh, you know, unless you're unless you feel really comfortable in yourself, you know, you might you might feel like, oh, am I moving in on maybe some other people's uh, adventure at the bar, and I don't want to be standing there by myself. I, it was really it was a really nice touch when the flight attendant kind of welcomed me back. But I am curious about this because Emirates had the bar and the seats, uh, the the premium seats, of course, all on the upper deck. Um, the fact that there's some economy at the Qatar, how do they ensure that? economy class passengers don't slip back to the bar or do they or do they allow that uh that's a good question it's actually something i was i was thinking i was i was sitting there um you know you have your your bartender that's there all the time and i would imagine that would be their duty you know to see you know which side of the cabin you come from right if you come from the back in your economy and you know hey can i help you you know sorry this is just for um um, premium passengers but yeah it's the same curtains that are there that would not stop them and and two that I felt, you know, as we're as we're having fun and they're in the middle, I'm like, well, wait a second, we have we also just have these economy passengers that are like ten feet away from us, and wondering that you know is the noise that would come from the lounge be be disturbing to either the yes. economy, which are a lot closer, or even the business class, which are a little bit farther away, but they're still you know within within hearing distance. If you're in the back there, that that could be disturbing. But but I'm guessing that the majority of people that would be at the bar would not be a group that would be a little more rowdy like our group was because it's just a fun group. <laughs> and they got the noise canceling headphones, I believe, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Headphones, so they can just turn it on and don't have to listen to us. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, David, uh, coming up in February, I guess we have an event that you've been organizing for a number of years now: the Aviation Geek Fest. Uh, for those who haven't heard about it, what can you uh, tell them to expect at uh, this year's event? So this is pretty much uh, one of the most awesome events that you can go to, I think, personally. Uh, <laughs> but I have to say that, you know, on the most part, uh, uh, you know, the Future Flight and, and Boeing um, and, and some of the Museum of Flight, too, and they, they really are the, the organizers. I want to give them a, a huge amount of credit because they, they do a lot of the organizing. I end up taking a good chunk of the marketing side. So I get, I get, the, uh, I get the excitement of the ad geeks there. Um, but really what it's turned into is a two-day event. This will be our sixth year, I believe, uh, two-day event. Um, where we're just doing a bunch of AvGeek stuff in Seattle that um, that that some of it's typically the public can uh, enjoy, but most of it is is stuff that the public is not able to do. Um, where historically we've done things where we're able to get a VIP uh, factory floor tour instead of being up in the rafters that um, during the normal tour at the Boeing uh, uh, factory there in, in Everett, uh, we're able to be on the floor and get really close to the airplanes and see things up close. Uh, able to go to the Dreamliner Gallery where airlines go to, not open to the public, where airlines go to and pick out the interiors of their, their 787 Dreamliner. Um, what's been really special is that we've been able to tour the 737 factory that's down south in Renton, uh, where again, there's no public tours that are there, but we're able to get to get access uh, to that as well. So, um, and, and and to me, it's just there. It's it's, it's been 250 people. Uh, probably will it's, in the past will probably continue to be about 250 people for each event. And it's just really great to be around all these other um, you know av geeks that are just you know love aviation. And we have people flying from India and Australia and Europe and um, and and coming in to do this event. And it's just it's just really cool to see all these like minded people that that love aviation. This is it's it's quite it's quite phenomenal. And I am I right in saying that. That it starts getting booked up pretty quickly, right? The clock, the clock has started, right, to, to RSVP for this. So, yeah, so we um, uh, actually, uh, Sandy with the Future Flight and I are going to be meeting next week, and we should be able to finalize when the tickets will actually go on sale. Okay. Um, 
as you can imagine, there's, there's a lot of difficulty to get. Uh, Boeing has been really great and supportive, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that still that we we ask for and we're not we're not able to get access to, which is which is okay. They, they you know we love that we, what we get access to. So we haven't been able to quite finalize what the what the schedule is going to look like yet. Uh, but we know people are getting anxious because they want to get their uh, Geek Fest tickets and they want to get their plane tickets to get here. So we're really hoping to have the tickets go on sale sometime early in the new year. Um, last year we had all 250 tickets sell out in three minutes. Oh my god! Which was insane. And to put that in perspective, uh, the Seahawks Super Bowl tickets, uh, Super Bowl tickets, uh, this last year sold out in 10 minutes. So, uh, you know, we sold out quicker, which is, um, you know, which is good news and bad news. So we're really excited that that you know we have such a demand and people doing this, but that also means that there are a lot of people that are not able to participate that want to participate. So we are looking at ways and how um, you know how, how we might be able to let additional people enjoy this uh, event. Um, and, you know, we really, it's really hard to increase beyond 250, but, you know, we're looking at, is it possible that maybe we can do this event twice a year um, and, and, and open it up to, to, to additional folks? Because oh you're God. limited in, in size or in number by the, uh, the tours, right? They can only right. handle so many. The, the space that we have that we can hold all people in, uh, the tour buses that we have to go around into as far as different tours are concerned, um, you know, managing more than that, uh, you know, for like the 737 tour just wouldn't, wouldn't be possible. And, um, and, and there was something to say about the, you know, I, I think, I, I think I, there's part that I like that it's still exclusive, right? It's still kind of fun. So people that get into it, they, they feel special, which they should. They're, they're VIPs for two days and, and, you know, they, they feel that, you know, that not everyone's able, able to do it. Did you ever in your wildest dreams expect it to turn into this? Because, David, I mean, my God, people are waiting with bated breath for when you guys announce that the tickets are on sale. And there's a little bit of anxiety as well for some of us because we know that there is that very small window. And if we don't catch it, <laughs> we might not maybe be able to go. And I've been counting on going for the first time here next year. So, first of all, I guess when you were when you were developing this, I mean, did you in your wildest dreams ever think that it would take off? Like It's become an, kind of an international av geek phenomenon. Right. So I actually uh, I uh, I stepped into a first version. So the first year is actually Alaska Airlines and Future Flight that kind of did it. It was very small, for like thirty people or so. And then um, you know I was a guest there, and 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 then and then kind of realized, wait, we can really do something with this. Um, and you know it's much more localized. It's much more just built for Seattle people. And so you know working with uh, Future Flight and Boeing and, and and letting it grow. And I think. That you know, Boeing was a little anxious at first about having a bunch of excited av geeks running around. Um, but you know, we we've been and, and every year I tell the av geeks before we go, I say, you know, it's going to be tempting to want to walk off. It's going to be tempting to maybe try to take like a, a bolt from you know the seven thirty seven factory. Um, but if we don't behave ourselves, it's over, right? So you know, Boeing has been very trusting, and I think that you know each year they're led us into more and more stuff because I see this group as a really good group of people that that really enjoy what we're doing, um, and so we're able to kind of build that trust and do some do some cooler things. But yeah, no idea, no absolutely no idea. I mean, we've had stories. Um, you know, Bloomberg just ran a story. Uh, CNN's run a couple stories on it. Um, you know, it's really turned in, yeah, to this international thing, and uh, and that, that's awesome. And and I think even just doing airline reporter, it's been it's been amazing. That I had no idea when I started that that there are so many other people that that um, that uh, shared this. And and um, you know, I I don't really know where Avgeek came from, um, but when it kind of came about, I I know that airline reporter really jumped on it uh, because I think that identity allows people to say, hey, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm part of this group. I'm an av geek. I, I love aviation. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not embarrassed by it. Um, and now I have this home. I have these other people that I can call my friends who I don't even know uh, because we all share this passion for, for aviation and, and especially in airlines. 
Absolutely. And, and of course, one of the great things about the AvGeek community is that it's all inclusive. You know, that's one thing that I have found, that it, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what walk of life. Uh, it's, it's a very inclusive group. And, of course, the hashtag on, uh, on Twitter has taken off in such a significant way. It's kind of astounding, but it's also so much fun. Max, obviously, you guys pay attention to this hashtag, but... You know, on any given day, you can uh, you can be educated in the history of aviation. Uh, on any given day, you have some fabulous aviation art to observe oh, yes. via this hashtag, and of course, all the latest news about what's going on in the aviation industry. Um, uh, we just love this hashtag. <laughs> yeah, I've got a T-shirt with an AvGeek hashtag on it, and when I wear that at uh, any kind of an aviation event, uh, I get all kinds of people who come up, and some ask, what does it mean? But an awful lot of people are uh, easily identified with it and you know, feel like there's a, a sense of community around it. Absolutely. And, and, and for how new it is, I mean, it's only a couple years old, um, uh, having this kind of identity. And uh, but, I, but I think, yeah, it's been a powerful and, and, I, and I love when I see like, you know, legacy media that, that use it and to help identify, you know, who we are and what group we are. And, and like you said, Mary, I think it's great that, yeah, I mean, you don't need to be a pilot. You, you could have never flown in your whole entire life before and you can still be an ad geek. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, you just if you like aviation, if you think it's something cool, then, then you can be an ad geek. Yeah. It's definitely inspiring and a, a whole new uh, generation as well. Well, we are rapidly coming to a close. Many thanks to our listeners. Remember, you can find us online at RomeWayGirlNetwork.com and on iTunes. Be sure to follow all the Romeway Girl Network activity on Twitter at at Girl, And remember to use the PaxX hashtag when tweeting about the passenger experience. Join in the conversation. PaxX is quite exciting as well. And what we're finding is that uh, quite a number of articles these days actually can be listed as both hashtag PaxX and AvGeek because they are uh, interesting to aviation enthusiasts and, of course, those of us who enjoy uh, and uh, are followers of the airline passenger experience. Uh, I'd like to reiterate our thanks to our sponsor, Arconix, and I'd like to thank David Parker-Brown for being our guest. David, where can listeners find you at? Oh, we are all over the place. Uh, the best place is <laughs> AirlineReporter.com on Twitter uh, with at AirlineReporter. And uh, we just actually started up an Instagram account. We had finally decided not to be an old grumpy man and saying, what is this Instagram thing? And, and started to join it. So we were also at Instagram forward slash uh, airline reporter. Oh, wonderful. Very good. Well, join us in 2015 as we talk about the passenger experience on the PaxX podcast. Take care, everyone. Happy holidays. Goodbye. <laughs>